This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Now, there are many reasons to admire Shag and many reasons to be pleased to be co-hosting this podcast with him. And one of them is that Shag was a courageous person, even as a child. Now, one of the interesting anecdotes is that Shag would always stand up to bullies, especially if they were bullying someone else through his childhood. So in kindergarten, there's a famous story, Shag, that I forbid you from interrupting or ruining. You're just going to have to deal with the peach version of this story where Shag noticed someone someone being bullied and Shag was a pretty popular sort of thought leader, influencer of of his own (laughs) (laughs) among his preschool community. And just to set the bully straight, he came up and said, Shit, man. <laughs> I remember I remember I said it like I was like shit, man. Like like it was like one word. Shit, man. Just to really set the bully straight. Just let them know. Yeah, look, and uh look, it was a theme shag that like ran that ran through your uh through your teenage years. There's this great great story that I'm so sad I missed that I've only heard retold secondhand of being on the way to like I'll say like indie music or like alternative music festival, like called Homebake in 1998, where this was a time when shorts were very large and had pockets that were very, very large <laughs> uh, called, called cargo pants. And it'd often be in the like um, army camouflage type scenario. And Shag noticed a person wearing shorts like this sort of bullying an apparently younger person. And the, and no, the- no, they, they, were, they were bullying us. Oh, were they? As we were walking past- this older guy in cargo park. They said something to the effect of. He was basically like, I thought you had to go through puberty to go to home bank. He was like, I thought you had to go through puberty to go through home bank. And all his friends laughed. And I was like, I thought you had to be in the army to wear the uniform and then just ran off the train. One of my classic moments. I applaud you. Like, you know, that's the story I was about to tell. And brags are always better when someone else tells them. So I'm just <laughs> stunned stunned by the fact you stole my story celebrating you from uh, from out of my, uh, out from under me. But uh, that was just my way of confirming, Shag, you've always been a courageous guy. Uh, and it's great to co-host a podcast with you. But if I can come to a question now, um, Horror films tend to intersect with a number of different types of media and tend to sort of generate their own kind of subculture. Who are you? I'm a horror fan. It's part of my identity. And it'll often link into things like clothes you like. It'll often link into things like, you know, hairstyles and sort of broad aesthetics you bring to life and probably other types of art you enjoy as well. Um, And I was trying to think if, if there's any worthwhile music that's been linked to the horror genre, I was thinking of that really depressing, like, Detroit rap in the 90s that was like, it's horrorcore, man. We rap about obscenely violent scenarios that aren't real. Look out for Attack of the Killer, Chainsaws, yo, yo, dudes, yo, 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 dudes. It is so interesting you're bringing this up, right? Like, I mm. think this is awesome because I've noticed... Because obviously horror has had such a moment over the past couple of years, 
it's seeped into the other parts of culture that rely on remixing culture, right? So mm. number one, advertising, lots of horror seeping its way into advertising because advertising usually just reflects culture. Mm. But also ditto, like horrorcore is one thing and like fuck horrorcore, like I just don't care. That Super one boring. like, God, that one Immortal Technique song where he sings about being a gang member who like forces someone to like assault his own mom and then they both commit suicide. And then at the end he's like, by the way, I know this story is real because I was the person who assaulted. And it's like, what? Like, why are you? <sighs> anyway, anyway, so, like, I hate so horrorcore. Yeah. I hate that shit. Mm. I, you know, like, I don't like the metal that's like that either. But I've noticed in a lot of hip-hop right now, mm. there's sampling of horror movie soundtracks and horror movie themes in a way that's very explicit about it. Because in the past... You might sample like something very John Carpenter-ish, but you wouldn't then reference horror in any way. But on both, definitely on the Megan the Stallion record that sort of came yeah. and went and just didn't seem to be as big a hit as I thought it would be. So weird. Even though that song that's like, I'm her, 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 you know, has it started mm. to have a long life of its own. But also the Rico Nasty album, both records have a song that's called like horror whatever. And it has like a clear horror sample and then like a bit of a horror theme to it. And I found that really interesting. So, yes, I am 100% seeing horror seep into hip-hop sampling, which I didn't expect to happen in 2023, which I think is really cool. But, Peach, you telling stories about me, I want to talk about Stolen Valor right now because as a podcast, we have some things we don't believe in. And one of the things we don't love- Friendship, homework, fuck that. No, we don't love that. But we don't love Hollywood nepotism. No. You know, we don't love the idea that- People who make a living in the art world often come from a place of extreme privilege or also come from a place where someone has essentially, a friend of a friend or a family member has essentially put them into this highly desirable role. Especially in horror films, you know, I've definitely talked about how much it pisses me off that both Stephen King's son, who wrote that Ethan Hawke, The Black Phone, that terrible Mm. horror film, that honestly, like, I don't know what people are thinking. It sucked. And also David Cronenberg's son as well, directed Infinity Pool. Oh, that's talk. right. David Cronenberg's son's like, hey, I make Michael Cronenberg style films. Yeah, he's like, he literally is like, I make body horror films. And it's like, guy, you can't. You just, it's not fair. That's not cool. Anyway, so look, I don't love that. But, but because the world is a complex place, on the other side of things, mm. I think both Stephen King and David Cronenberg are kind of falling off a little bit. And- For my first example, like, we've just had two films that I'm kind of, like, pretty positive about. We had Skin and Marink and then Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which I'm pretty positive about. Today we're doing a film, another film that honestly did not match my expectations. David Cronenberg's latest film, which I think he tried to make in 2003 and didn't get the- or got the funding and then it fell through- and he remade it today, and it just shows, because this is a very dated film. Peach? Is this that, like, future organs, the climate change weird film? Yeah, like, you could definitely call this film Future Organs Climate Change, <laughs> but its real title is Crimes of the Future. Let's go! I can feel you pulling things around in there. <clears throat> it's a brand new organ. Never before seen. We've all felt that the body was empty. Empty of meaning. And we've wanted to confirm that so that we could fill it with meaning. The world is a much more 
dangerous place now that pain has all but disappeared. That's it, I'm pulling out of a vanity ship. Oh, shag for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> oh, like, hey, You don't like body horror or medical <gasps> horror, right? Oh, they're my two. Well, they're among my five least faves, but probably <laughs> my top two. Oh, just off the top of my head. Well, look, let me assage <sighs> your fears a little bit because I don't know if you remember a film from maybe the late 90s. Video drone, are we going to say? No, no, no. Existence? No, called Coyote. Should I keep guessing? Called Coyote Ugly. Oh, with like, was it Leanne Rhymes? Is that she did, she did the single that's like, can't fight the moonlight. So it's like, deep in the dark, you surrender your heart because you know <laughs> that you know that you yeah. can't, can't fight, fight the, the moonlight. Right? No. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm with you. Right. It took, took me a while. So... I don't know if you remember. I think I was like in, I was a teenager. I remember when that mm. film was being promoted. And the way they promoted that film was like, get this. There's a, and I, like, I think I was still too young to actually go to pubs or bars. Mm. So they were already mystical places to me to be like, imagine being able to go to a pub or a bar. But they basically promoted this film to be like, get this, guys. There's a bar. But instead of the bartenders standing behind the bars and serving you drinks, they get up on the table and they dance to the music while they serve you drinks. Like that was like, that was it. That was like Coyote Ugly. It's this cool bar where people dance on the tables. Sick. That is how they promoted the film. Amazing. Okay. When I finally watched Coyote Ugly, there's like one two minute scene where people dance on the bar and the rest of it's about this like keyboardist who's trying to write a hit song. Like it sucked so much. Is this like Magic Mike 1 where you're like, this is going to be a silly fun (laughs) romp with like some hilarious dudes and it's like, oh, no, (laughs) what are we doing here? So so in the same way, like basically Crimes of the Future is horrors Coyote Ugly. I keep saying coyote wrinkly. Is it coyote? Coyote? Like, why I am I saying I say it coyote, but I- I, I think it's coyote. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll take it. What? So, we've been clickbaited a bit, have we? Yeah. So, Crimes of the Future is horror's coyote ugly because there's like three scenes and they're all in the trailer of medical horror. The rest is just people explaining the plot. In many ways- Watching this film was like reading a Wikipedia synopsis, albeit a much longer Wikipedia synopsis. Because honestly, it was one of those films where, and this is why I'm like, I think maybe after all this time, maybe it's time to sunset David Cronenberg because every character was like, so what are you doing here in the future? It's like, well, as you know, it is the future. Yeah. And this is what's happening in the future. Surgery, sex, and new future. There's organs going on. It's pretty intense. And I've got a role to play in the whole thing. Oh, God. Anyway, all right. But let's get into this because I actually think the story, again, it's kind of like kind of like Skinnamarink in that I do like the story. And I feel like I'd like to see more films, you know, maybe not in this universe, but 
tell a similar story because there there was something very interesting and unique about the premise of Crimes of the Future. Anyway. Makes me feel weird. (laughs) So, at an unspecified future date, significant advice. Yeah, this is- And this is like all of the- Basically, this entire first paragraph Mm. is kind of just like paragraphs of people talking to each other. Significant advances in biotechnology have led to the invention of machines and analog computers that can directly interface with and control bodily functions, which have become the norm. Simultaneously, and it would be characters being like, oh, isn't it funny how it's become the norm, the (laughs) (laughs) machines that we've created? Anyway, simultaneously, humankind itself has experienced several biological changes of indeterminate origin. Most significant among these changes is the disappearance of physical pain and infectious disease for an overwhelming majority, allowing for surgery to be safely performed on conscious people in ordinary settings. But other humans experience- That's like a really weird thing to be like, how cool would it be? It's pretty cool though, right? Even conceptually, I'm like, no, well, no, this is why Cronenberg is like David Nonenberg. I'm like- (laughs) (laughs) David Nonenberg. It's like, oh, if only we could perform some more surgery. I'm like, no, no, that's not good. Now, that's for most humans, but some humans experience more radical alterations to their physiology. (sighs) One of them, an eight-year-old boy named Brecken- displays the innate ability to consume and digest plastic as food. Convinced that he is inhuman, Brecken's mother smothers him with a pillow, leaving his corpse to be found by her ex-husband Lang. We're like five minutes into the film. So he's murdered Brecken straight up. Yeah, yeah, because he was eating plastic. We don't really know why, but it's like, she's basically like, he's not real. Anyway, so our main characters, Viggo Mortensen and his partner, so Saul Tenser and Capri- are a world-renowned performance artist couple. You know that this was made in the early noughties when everybody was talking about performance art. Like, it's just, like, l- life has become performance art in 2023. So, yeah, okay. the idea that there are performance artists who are world famous in the future makes no sense. But in 2003, you'd be like, yes, of course this would happen in the future. <sighs> so, their performance art takes advantage of Tense's accelerated evolution syndrome a disorder that forces his body to constantly develop new organs, which is a great premise for a uh, spooky, gross film. Makes me feel really bad. Uh. Again, 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 though, I know it makes you feel bad, but watching the film, it's like, it's so crazy how my body keeps developing new organs. <laughs> it's kind of how, it's like, oh, it's so crazy how your art is about this. It's like, yeah, well, my body just keeps developing new, orders, hey, new organs. Uh, what performance are you next week? It's like, well, it'll depend on the new organs that my body develops. <laughs> which it keeps developing yeah. because I have this syndrome. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while since the syndrome kicked off. <laughs> now, this syndrome leaves Tenter in constant pain and with severe respiratory and digestive discomfort. He is consequently reliant on several specialized biomechanical devices, including a bed. Now, these devices all look like something out of the Alien films. They're very H.R. Geiger, where it's like they're kind of half biological, half machine with, like, very intestine-looking arms that, like, poke and prod him. So, he's got this chair and this bed, and the bed they use to perform the surgeries on him. (coughs) Now, early in the film, Tenser and Capri meet with bureaucrats in charge of the National Organ Registry, a governmental office designed to uphold the state's restrictions on human evolution 
by catalogue and storing newly evolved organs. Oh, it's actually, I'm not sure how cool I think that is. I don't think that's But it's that cool. good. Like this, I like this. I like this story. In fairness, it's a very original idea, but it doesn't make me feel good. Now, one of the bureaucrats, the nervy Timlin, played by Kristen Stewart, who I think is a super underrated actor, becomes captivated by Tense's artistic goals. At a successful show of Tense's. So, so, so the times we do get to see it, like they, they, there's one show where we see Tensa getting operated on. And it, it's pretty creepy. We, they open his body and we see all <laughs> these weird looking organs in there. There's also another scene where there's a guy dancing and he has heaps of ears all over his body. Like he's just got ears everywhere. He's got ears on his face and his body and stuff. They're kind this of feels the like two- a PT Barnum. This feels very body shaming. This feels very like this doesn't feel like art to me. This feels like exploitation. It, I mean, it is, right? Like, it's like, and, and it, you know, whenever there's an audience, it's, this wasn't a super expensive film. So, the audiences are usually about like 20 to 50 people and they're all taking photos on analog cameras. It's all very 2003. Like, it's, it's forgetting that the last 20 years existed. Anyway, so, after this successful show, Timlin comes up to Tensa and <laughs> we explains- We 20 tickets. It was awesome. It was a huge success. Sorry. But but they they explain like she tells him that she thinks surgery is the new sex, a sentiment that Tensor and many other characters appear to embrace as repetitive cutting seems to be replacing traditional sex and masturbation as the preferred means of sexual gratification. Again, oh, I, that I just find that so upsetting, Shag. Uh, but that's God. that's good. Like I like I I I feel like it's a bit cheap, and again, it just goes to just how much exposition in this film. I feel like. If surgery is the new sex, it shouldn't ever really be uttered by anyone in the film. Like, maybe I'm just a bit... I I feel like I should just get that. I feel like that should be the title of the review of this film that's like, this is like Cronenberg's latest fucked up film. Oh, so you don't have to... You show, don't tell. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a bit explained. It's like, hey... Because she comes up to him and she's like, hey... Guess what the new sex is? (laughs) 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 It's surgery, yeah. (laughs) It's surgery. All right. So, a governmental police unit seeks to use Tensor to infiltrate a group of radical evolutionists. Without telling Capri, Tensor meets a series of contacts through other biological performance art shows that lead him to the evolutionist cell. One of them, former cosmetic surgeon Nassatir, creates a zippered cavern in Tensor's stomach, which, to build on that surgery is the new sex, <sighs> Capri uses to access Tensor's organs in an oral sex act where she fillets his zipper wound and presumably his internal organs while he moans in erotic pleasure. Oh, That's a bit gross. <laughs> oh, I really don't like that. <laughs> that to me is a bit like, like it's like when Dr. Dre's like, people tell me I fell, even though Jay-Z <laughs> wrote the line, when he's like, people tell me I fell off how my last album was The Chronic. This is a bit of a flex from Cronenberg to be like, you think I'm off? Like, get this. I'm getting someone to fillet the internal organs through a zipper in this man's chest. Ugh. Like, who else is going to be thinking of ideas like that? But just because you don't feel pain doesn't mean stuff can't feel like shit. Like, imagine if someone, like, <laughs> licked your heart. You'd be like, oh, God, that's fucking so weird. <laughs> imagine if someone licked your heart. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, yeah, true, true. And, yeah. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to get through this. I don't know if I'm going to get through this one. This is the worst. This is... The, but also, many people, like, the reason why things like oral sex work is because we have heaps of nerve endings on our genitals. So, you know, contact with it 
creates some sort of reaction in us. Do our organs have nerve endings on them? I, I don't know. I think they do. Do they? I suppose. I, like maybe they, maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know. I, I also like, feel like societal conditioning is a big part of sex. Like you can't just change it. You can't be like sex is now like horse riding or stuff. <laughs> like, sex is now horse riding. Like, oh, Everyone's like, like yeah. okay, this is what I'm into yeah, now. it's Mario Kart now. So it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Mario Kart is the new sex. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. Capri continues to network with other performance artists, eventually choosing to receive decorative cosmetic surgery on her forehead, which is like basically creating like scars on her forehead. <coughs> so Tencent meets with Timlin, who reveals to him the agenda of the evolutionists. They have chosen to modify their digestive system to make them able to eat plastics and other synthetic chemicals, which is not what I expected and I think is so fucking cool. Mm. Because all of a sudden... There's this idea that, okay, well, what if the solution to how we fuck the world is to modify our own biology so we can take care of the problems we've created? That's really neat, I've got to say. That's that's right? cool. Yeah. It's annoying that it's only communicated in people explaining their motives. Oh, that's so dumb. But it's a great story. Yeah, okay. Now, their principal food is a purple processed candy bar of toxic waste. Fatally poisonous to everyone except those evolved to be able to digest it. Again, a cool thought. Yeah, that's really cool. Lang is the mm. leader of the cell. His son Brecken had been born with the ability to eat plastic, proving the inaccuracy of the government's critical stance on human evolution. Basically, the government's like, anyone who is born with new organs is an aberration and needs to be stamped out. There's, there's a scene while they're in the office where Timlin, who's obsessed with Tensor, Tries to initiate sex with Tensa, but again, and it's it's kind of a corny line. She tries to sort of kiss him, and he doesn't quite know what to do. And he's like, "I'm really sorry. I'm not good at the old sex." Like literally, his line is, "I'm not good at the old mm, sex." That's the dumb line. That sucks. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm really sorry, but sur- as you know, surgery is surgery the new is sex. sex. <laughs> Mario Kart. I'm about Mario Kart these days. <laughs> Tensa is eventually approached by Lang who wants Tensa and Capri to reveal the cell's anti-government agenda through a public autopsy of Brecken that will highlight his evolved digestive system. After some deliberation, Tensa agrees. With Timlin, Lang, and many others watching, Tensa performs the autopsy as like an art project, but it is revealed that Brecken's natural organ system has been surgically replaced by somebody. Realising Lang, who's like, that was my son, like, this was it, this was my moment, and plus, that's my son, flees the show in tears. Outside, he's approached by two agents who supposedly work for the corporation that manufactures Tensor's biomedical machines, mimicking their early killing of Nasatir, which wasn't in here, but I think they do kill Nasatir at some point. Mm. They assassinate Lang by driving power drills into his head, which is a very, mm. very Cronenberg way to kill people. Tensor's connection within the police unit admits that Timlin replaced Brecken's organs to keep the deviation in human evolution secret from the public. Saddened by Brecken and Lang's deaths, Tensor informs the police that he will no longer serve them, approvingly mentioning the cell's beliefs on evolution. It finishes with Tensor struggling to eat in his chair. He asks Caprice to give him a bar of plastic. As Caprice records him, he eats it, looks into Caprice's camera and sheds a tear. The screen goes to black and white, his mouth twitches into a smile, as the chair finally quiets. And then it cuts to the credits, where all of the names of the people 
who created the film are over a very gory backdrop. That's Crimes of the Future Peach. Um, the points for originality, points for world building. Uh, the aesthetic was fairly realised, it appeared to me. But I think it's a fairly derivative plot forced within those things and just... Oh, I. It's obviously not a mass market film, right? 95% of people think that's the fucking most disgusting thing they've ever heard. <laughs> and, like, filleting a surgical wound is, is the new sex is, is not, like, that's not my, that doesn't speak to me. I will, I, I am going to be thinking about somebody licking my heart Imagine for the it. rest of the day. Because uh, your internal temperature is, <laughs> like, 37 degrees, so it'll be slightly cold. Oh, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like, like being tickled is someone touching you in a weird place that makes you go, oh, that's a little bit weird. Like, yeah, yeah, just declaring stuff as the new sex I've got problems with. I'm really down to say Cronenberg's fallen off. Shag, Shag, tell us more. What are your thoughts? Why do we hate Cronenberg now? Like, I'm I'm really available. I, I guess my, my point was, mm. and, you know, to, to complete the circle that I started with the intro is, mm. on the one hand, like, I find horror film nepotism particularly pretty gross because it's so mm. dumb that both and it's always it's always a dude right like mm. stephen king's son and david cronenberg's son are mm. both like we make horror John films Carpenter's very similar son, like, makes music for horror films yeah I've, it's I've, like we make we make stuff very similar to what our dads did and i'm like on the one hand i'm like i guess it's a family business but on the other hand it kind of grosses me out or at least it did until i watched this and i'm like Hey, fuck, maybe, like, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe we do need to kill our idols a little bit because (laughs) why, like, like, like this film in someone else's hands could have been so amazing, but instead it was three pretty gross surgery scenes and a organ fellatio scene. And then like hours and hours of people being like, isn't it crazy how in the future surgery is the new sex? (sighs) It's just really, like, I think this is what you get when you achieve things through your career as well and people like you and support you. People are like, sounds great, David. And David's like, hey, I've got this idea for a movie, Surgeries and New Sex. It's like, mm, well, your track record <laughs> suggests it'll be fine. Sounds a bit weird to me, but, <laughs> you know, so did The Fly and that went well. I guess, I guess that's the body horror issue I've got is that I've seen The Fly and that was one of my childhood nightmare, you know, early teen childhood nightmare films. But the body horror was in, like, direct service of the plot. Like, it was a profoundly, like, imagine if this happened to your body and you're like, oh, wow, the power and horror from that experience really, like, grips me into the plot. Similar to District 9, I suppose you'd say, that really, like, upsetting element is dialed into exactly what the plot's trying to achieve. Here, I feel like you can tell a story about even about new organs, right? Even about new organs, even about human evolution, even about a way to digest plastic, even about a government conspiracy to avoid it and all that sort of thing. You can tell it all without going into fucking body horror, performance art, organ surgery. Actually, fuck. And this is such a really good point because when I think about it now, you're right. Like this story didn't need the surgery and also... Surgeries of the new sex makes no sense because they even clearly state at the start that humans have evolved so they don't feel pain. The whole point of sex is sensation. So if surgery is the new sex, mm. why does it feel like nothing? Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, like it, that's like being like, uh, just standing still is the new sex because you know, like it's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like, but also like into like who's performing? Like, I mean, I think Mario Kart itch. Mario Kart <laughs> should be the new sex because at least you feel something when you win. But as well, it's like the reason we're not all walking around having surgery every day. <laughs> like it isn't because it hurts. You know? It's like, oh, that it hurts. No, better not have surgery today. <laughs> it's like it hurts. It'll hurt too much. It's like unnecessary surgery is the new sex. I feel like it's totally now that it divergent. doesn't hurt, I can finally do all that unnecessary. <laughs> and then have someone fall late to the wounds from it. Like, you can still die. The fact you go and feel pain doesn't mean you can't die from it, I should think. Like, it's just such an under-conceived, like, the link between humans evolving to digest toxic waste and trying to actively pursue that with false organs. Fucking fascinating. Great idea. And then gluing on some sexy surgery, totally unnecessary and irrelevant. <laughs> it's a step too far. Oh, I still feel bad. Please, please never mention licking my heart ever again. <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?